Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. Hey, Brewer fans, welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast. This is Craig. With me is Vince and Scott. Hey, guys. hey everybody. Hey, guys, how's it going? Hey, uh, Craig, do we have chat on the phone? Um, no, I don't think so, but I'm sure he'll try him in real soon. It's only been about a year or so since we've heard from him last, but, uh, we'll, we'll see. He could try him any minute here, so stay tuned, folks. Um, but on today's podcast, we're going to be going over the 2019 Brewers Brooker Review, uh, awards, um, for lots of different categories, so, Stay tuned for that. Uh, the Brewers did wrap up a pretty successful 2019 season, as you know, and we made it to the playoffs for the second consecutive year. Only the second time in franchise history that we've gone to the playoffs in consecutive years in our fifth year uh, history. So that was a pretty big achievement. However, um, we did get bounced after the wild card game, but um, we'd also like to congratulate both teams that made the World Series. The uh, the Nationals, who barely got by the Brewers, did uh, make it all the way to the World Series to represent the NL. Of course, the AL representatives are the Houston Astros, and it should be a pretty pretty good World Series coming up. And I know uh, some of the games will be out there in Vince's neck of the woods in D.C., so I hope I get some live reporting on the next podcast. Yeah, I will. I'll be going to at least uh, a game or two of the World Series, so definitely. Oh, by the way, as long as we're talking about this um... – Let's do this. We have our two Twitter polls. Um, who do you want to win the World Series, and who do you think will win? So why don't you guys – here, Craig, I'll start with you, and then Vince, and then me, and then I'll tell you what Twitter thinks. Vince can go first, if that's what you said. All right. I want, and I think that the Astros will win. I think the Astros will win, but I, I guess I will be rooting for the Nationals just because it's uh, the first time there, and uh, they were formerly the Montreal Expos, and uh, I think they got shafted in 1994, so in another different franchise and different city and everything, so to speak, it'd be nice to see a team that's never won the World Series before win one. And different like fans, and, most of the, and, mo- and different fans, and most of the guys on the team were not born yet that year. Wow. Yeah, I guess I, I'm not necessarily a huge fan of the Nationals fan base, I guess, but um, I will say that I think that the Astros will win, uh, but I actually also want the Nationals to win because, um, I don't know, I, I guess it'll make the Brewers more special because there will be only like a couple of teams left that haven't won a World Series, so we'll be one of them. So that'll be great, right? Misery loves company, though, Scott. You should oh. know that. Yeah, I guess. Oh, oh, well. Maybe the Astros will win, so. Actually, since we're on this topic, before we get off of it, um, it's one of the both of teams are built around their ace starting pitchers, um, unlike kind of the Brewers, who are, you know, based off their, their bullpen mostly. But uh, what's your guys' vote on which top, three starting pitchers are better or would you rather take um, Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin or 
it's a very tough call because I think that I think that Cole is the best one of all of them, but I think that the Nationals um, have the better collective group there, um, especially if you're looking at building a dynasty because Verlander and Grinky are so damn old. But yeah, well, actually, so is uh, well, forget it. Yeah, that's what Scherzer's I'm going old too. Yeah, yeah, Scherzer. I was like, he's old, but not like as old as them. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I think I think that this year it's still the Astros, and years to come it'll be the Nationals. But um, I still think that this year the Astros' rotation is is the best in baseball, especially after they added Greinke at the trade deadline. Yeah, I'll go with the Nationals, even though it's very close. Uh, um, I think Scherzer is the best of the group, even though Cole seems to be the hottest right now. Um, if, we'll see, because there are a lot of these guys going to go head-to-head. It should be a pretty exciting World Series, actually. I, I really like the matchup. So. Well, guys, uh, I'm well, going to rattle off this, um, like all of these fun categories, and we're going to talk briefly about one of them and, and who we're going to who we're going to pick for each category. But I did want to segue into that by pointing out that, like, um, when you look at like runs scored versus runs against, like pretty much um, every every playoff team is always in the positive, and certainly by a lot, oh, almost always. And this year, looking at it, the Brewers finished plus three in rough in run differential. Uh, the Cardinals actually finished plus one hundred two, and the Cubs plus ninety seven. So, um, you know, it, it was definitely a great job being able to win despite the fact that we basically scored as many runs as we gave up the entire year to finish with the record that we did. Um, and, and to get 89 wins is absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I think with that in mind, um, I think it's very possible that obviously Craig Consul is the best man. Well, he's the best manager the Brewers have seen in a while, but I think he might actually get manager of the year this year. I would like to point out that if he took Carbon Burns out of that equation, we probably would have been about plus 100 runs. So when the Brewers lose, they like to do it in style in the 2019. That's, that's all. But uh, all right, Scott, let's fire off these categories. All right. Um, well, let's just start with our most uh, obvious. We'll just talk about uh, who do you think is the MVP of this team, just of this team. What do you mean of this? You mean this 2019 team? Yeah, because I, I think it, I think everyone's going to say Christian Yelich, and I think that um, it's well, Scott. You just stole you just stole our thunder. That, oh, yeah. sorry. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, just for this Brewers team, like he might be the MVP of the whole league again, but um, not sure what's going to happen with that. But yeah, he gets my vote for the team. Obviously, this is a, this is a pretty easy category. I thought we could breeze through this one. Well, yeah, it's Christian. I'll have to agree with that. Um, I mean, the one stat I'll point out, well, I'll point out a couple, but his 1,100 OPS, I believe, is it, I know for sure it is the greatest uh, and highest OPS in Milwaukee Brewers history. I will go as far as saying I don't think it will ever be topped by another Brewers season. So I believe that, two, that Christian Yellen's 2019 Brewers season offensively was the best statistical season in Brewer history. He was a 30-30 player with 44 homers and 30 steals, and he led the league in hitting for the first, second time in a row. 
and prior to the last two seasons, it had never been done by Brewer in the other 48 seasons prior to Christian McGill's arrival. So, yeah, I'll just stick with that. Yeah, definitely Christian Yelich. No debate here. Perfect. Yeah, I thought that one was quick and easy, but yeah, I wanted to. I'm glad you rattled, uh, rattled off some of those stats because obviously, um, like just an absolutely phenomenal year, especially a year that was cut short. I mean, who knows what could have been? Uh, it could have literally been one of the best baseball seasons of all time. So, um, with that in mind, uh, best starter. Who do we think? Uh, I'll say Brandon Woodruff. I will agree with that pick. Uh, he was our all-star starter, and he was he did start the wild card game and left us in a position to win, and he looked pretty good in that game, too. I, I think that he's going to be our number one starter going forward. I firmly believe that. Yeah, I think um, – he. I mean, it, it, actually, when you look at the numbers, like it's, it's kind of close between like him and Zach Davies, but um, – or, I mean, even – I guess an honorable mention to uh, Gio Gonzalez as well, but yeah, I have to agree. Like Woodruff is obviously the guy that I want, um, you know, to have the ball in, in like, say if there was like a, a one game winner take all type game that the Brewers were in, like I would want him to be the starter and I'm sure he'd do phenomenal. Like the wild card game. Yeah. Yeah. He did right, do well. Exactly. Um, all right. Yep. Let's move on to best reliever. Scott, you you can lead off this one. All right. Well, despite um, giving up um, a ridiculous amount of home runs, I think it still absolutely has to be Josh Hader because, um, you know, when you look at the body work, like he still had a phenomenal year. Obviously, um, it ended not quite the way that we wanted it to, but that happens to most teams, unfortunately. That's just the way the playoffs work. So, um, yeah, I'm still giving him the nod. Yeah, I'm going to agree with the great man. Uh, I think that Josh Hader is definitely your guy. He was an all-star again this season. Uh, didn't end the season well, obviously, with the game out here in Washington. But, I mean, overall, the Brewers were going to be nowhere close to where they ended the season if it wasn't for, for Josh Hader's contributions from the bullpen. So, yeah, Josh Hader. Well, it's our third category and our, I think our third consensus pick. Uh, Josh Hader, I, he had a 16.4 strikeouts per nine innings um that's ridiculous i'll just leave it at that yeah absolutely phenomenal year for him um honorable mentions to uh drew pomerantz and brent Suter. uh neither one of them really threw enough innings but they both did a, a great job with uh with the amount of innings that they had but moving on to our very next category um you know what let's just get this one out of the way because i feel like all of those were pretty easy but let's just I don't want to end with this one so let's get out of the way uh who is your most disappointing brewer of this year who are you asking first Scott I'll um, go last on this all right uh Vince you can lead off every time from here on out and then I'll just all right <laughs> okay I'll say uh I'll say Travis Shaw. I mean, the guy was definitely pegged to be a big contributor for the Brewers going into the season. He had hit 30-plus home runs the last two years. Um, obviously, he had signed Mike Moustakis, but he was still expected to be a big a big part of this offense, and he really had a bad season, and there's no other way to sugarcoat it. He was awful, spent a good chunk of the year in AAA. Um, yeah, definitely Travis Shaw. Yeah, 
Yeah, um, I'm going to change it up a little bit. I'm I'm going to go with Corbin Burns only because I had such high hopes for him coming into this year. Um, obviously, it like if he could turn back time, he would find a way and whatever else Cher would tell him to do. But it was just absolutely just a year that he would like to forget. Uh, honorable mention. Well, I'll do that later. Craig, you could do yours. Oh, well, here's the thing about this. I, I was wondering who you guys would pick. I thought maybe you'd pick Travis Shaw both. Um, and I guess I was right. But uh, I I thought maybe there there was another brewer with the worst season. So I tried to look up. And uh, believe it or not, I found quite a few nominees. Um, yeah. <laughs> my official pick will probably be Shaw because not, we just mentioned Christian Yelch had the best offensive season in brewer history. Uh, Travis Shaw just had the – one of the worst uh, offensive seasons in Major League Baseball history, I would say. So uh, that probably give him the nod. Uh, but beyond that, the list of guys that were nominees in my mind was kind of staggering when I looked at it. Uh, Scott, you mentioned one of them in Corbin Burns, uh, high expectations, and he was just terrific. Um, Freddie Peralta wasn't quite as bad, but he could not hold down a rotation spot and had a pretty disappointing overall ERA in the upper fives. Uh, so that's definitely another candidate. Um, sticking on the pitching side, we also had our, I think our game seven NLCS starter last year, Julio's Chastin. Um, he got cut from the team. Uh, he was so bad um, before the season ended. Uh, so there's that. He's definitely a nominee too. Uh, going over to the offensive side, um, obviously, uh, besides Shaw, we had Jesus Aguilar, who also um, was just terrible after having a phenomenal season last year, and he got traded. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's quite a few guys. Um, and I think this all goes – you have that many guys that were that disappointing. And another guy that I'll throw in there offensive side-wise was uh, – Lorenzo Cain, as our leadoff hitter, I think had a on OPS of less than 700. So, um, unfortunately, as great as defense is, I think that would have to qualify as a pretty disappointing season from him. Um, so, that's quite a few number of guys. And, and the fact that we still made the playoffs in spite of all those guys having a number of um, in, innings for us, um, I think that really goes to show how great a manager Craig Council is. And I guess I'll end my diatribe with that. But my official vote was for Travis Shaw. Yeah, I think um, Jimmy Nelson, obviously, when he came back from injury, he he could be nominated on there as well. But um, I kind of give him a pass because he, he did come back from injury. Um, Herdon Perez, I think, is another guy that we could throw in there. Um, just not great. And when you look at it, I, I was thinking about it. I'm like, let's say you couldn't use Josh Hader at the beginning of this year and you had to get through like the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth innings, who would you pick at, at opening day? And I would, I would say I would probably go with Taylor Williams, Corbin Burns, and Jeremy Jeffers. I think I could get four great innings out of them. And that's still a solid, uh, really solid bullpen. And unfortunately – that was not the case this year. You just mentioned another one of my nominees. I forgot to mention that was Jeremy Jeffers, who was our lockdown eighth inning reliever last year and uh, wrote himself off the team with his bad play this year also. So that's another nominee. 
All right. Well, let's see. What else do we got here? Um, rookie of the year, to be honest, I don't even know who qualifies for this. I can only think of one name, and I think it's obviously going to be the name that we're all thinking of. Uh, let's see. Not David Freitas, but no, Keston uh, Hero. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Keston just had a phenomenal year. I mean, I really d didn't have this kind of an expectation. He, like, we haven't had a brewer that jumped on the scene like this coming up from our our um, farm system since Ryan Braun, in my opinion. I mean, just a just a yeah. great year. No, I agree, and uh, he's obviously going to be the guy I think for the team's rookie of the year I, because he had such a great season. I will just say. In other years, we could have talked about Trent Grisham. I think that he really played a big role for the team going on the stretch and um, was a really valuable guy this season, despite what happened in you know the wild card game. But um, Keston Hero just had such a good year; it's got to be him. Agreed, Keston Hero in his short time: 19 home runs, hitting over 300, OPS of about 850, and uh, yeah, we had obviously Grisham was another. Uh, surprising candidate also. Um, and if I remember the discussion last year, we have very few rookies that really contributed last year at all. So I, I think uh, those are definitely key guys to our future. We'll see. Yeah, Keston. I mean, he hit over 319 home runs in just 314 at-bats. Um, uh, and, you know, it's not it's not quite an 1,100 OPS, but 938, absolutely ridiculous. Um, just a Overall, a great year for him. And I do want to point out that Christian uh, did not make an error uh, the entire regular season while he was up. So um, he waited, um, unfortunately, until the least opportune time for that. But, um, you know, it happens. Uh, moving on, I guess. Um, well, breakout player, I mean, that kind of seems like a little bit redundant. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess. Who I, came up with these, who, who came up with these questions, guys? Well, I mean, that was me, but, um, oh, I'm sorry. It was actually, it was our intern, and then I picked some, yeah. and then the intern kind of added some to kind of move this out a little bit, but. Um, you know, there's always other interns you can get, Scott. Just keep that in mind in case you want to move on from. Well, actually, our last, our last intern, her name was Jolice, so um, she also did not make it through the entire season. <laughs> <laughs> oh well all right i'm do? gonna i'm gonna answer your question a little bit differently and not say keston i'm gonna actually say brandon woodruff was your breakout player because you know if you guys remember going into the year we we had had three very young uh pitchers that were gonna be given a shot in the starting rotation between burns peralta and woodruff and woodruff is the only guy that survived uh the season in the starting rotation i would just say that he took a huge step up uh, in 2019 as a starter. We knew he was somewhat successful as a reliever coming out of the bullpen in August and September of 2018. But uh, to do what he did in the starting rotation and to really anchor that rotation down, I think, for most of the year, besides when he was injured, um, I think was really big for this team. And I don't think we'd make the playoffs without him. So I'm going to say Brandon Woodruff is my breakout player. That's a good pick, Vince. Um, I'm going to go with, you know, with that word breakout, um, you know, kind of is like someone who came out of, somewhat nowhere and just uh but uh, and i think with that being said i'm gonna my pick will be trent grisham just because um i know he was a former first round draft pick um but he really showed nothing in any of the prior years in the minor league that would have led to believe he would have had the season he had in the minor leagues and then also even contributing for the Brewers this year um 
prior to this. In fact, I think MLB.com had him ranked like 28th top 30 brewer prospects coming into the season. So his prospect value had completely tanked. And uh, I think, you know, there were some mechanical changes they made in the swing. And uh, he obviously has a real good uh, command of the strike, you know, judgment of the strike zone. I think those two things combined really made him break out in the true sense of the word. So I'll go with him. I I guess I could go with um, maybe Adrian Hauser. That that might be an interesting candidate. I mean, um, That's yeah, a good pick too. Absolutely. He had a three seventy two ERA and he threw one hundred and eleven innings and struck out one hundred and seventeen with only thirty seven walks. Not bad. Like the WHIP is a little up there with one point two four. But um, and then honorable mention to Zach Davies. I think. Um, uh, the first half of the year was absolutely phenomenal for him. Um, yep. I think maybe he threw a few too many innings this year after coming back from an injury last year. Um, I think it kind of caught up with him a little bit. He sort of sort of tuckered out a little bit toward the end of the year, but um, overall a great season as well. But I, I think honorable mention goes to Jordan Lyles actually as well. I mean, the guy was outstanding for us the second half. He was 7-1 and one as a brewer down the stretch. Well, he might uh, he might come up too uh, in in the next couple of categories as well. Um, who was our best off season acquisition? Well, he wasn't an off season acquisition, Scott. No, I know, but I, it's coming up. Oh, okay. Well, we don't know the categories. <laughs> I mean, we don't. No, no one listens either. Pre, no one listens yeah. to the pre production meetings. Uh, the best off season acquisition was definitely uh, Monty Grandall. He really anchored the team, uh, the team's offense, and, and uh, defensively as a catcher, I think he had a great season. Um, he took a ton of walks. He was on base all the time, uh, hit for power. Uh, so, yeah, definitely a Sonny Grandal for me. I also picked Yasmani. Um, you know, the walks were pretty big. I know he only hit like 246, but adding 109 walks or whatever he had is ridiculous for catcher. And uh, But I think the true sense where he was, the best acquisition is how he was able to um, handle our pitching staff as a catcher. So I'll give it to him. Yeah. I'm, and I'm and gonna... Yos- Yosmani's, Yosmani's OBP this year was 380. Yeah. Great, solid. Which is, great work. Yeah, pretty I, outstanding. Not a lot of yeah. catchers. I mean, if you want to look back in Brewer history, uh, Brewer catchers that can hack it at the top of the order, I think about Jason Kendall and not much else, maybe B.J. Serhoff. But, um, yeah, that's um, absolutely great job by Grandel. And, and also, I mean, as long as we're talking about how, how great he was, um, obviously after the playoffs last year, the big knock on him was, you know, his defense or being able to call a game. And, like, all of that was put to bed this year. Like, I thought he did a phenomenal job behind the plate as well. Um, and then super, super honorable mention to Mike Wisdakis. I mean, 35 bombs this year. Um, just uh, – Two great off-season acquisitions, both all-stars, but um, it, Stakas, But yeah, Grandal gets it. it. It's kind of funny though because I don't know if I count Mustakas as an off-season acquisition since we already had him, you know. But I guess you're right. I mean, we de- we did have to re-sign him, obviously. But technically, since he was already a Brewer, um, maybe I don't view him as much of an off-season acquisition as the guy that we got last season, 2018. Yeah. Well, um, both, will... both those guys were very late off-season acquisitions too, which really, I mean, the other teams could have swooped in and, and gotten their services, and uh, the Brewers kind of were laying in the weeds, and um, 
and jump in there. So Got to give Stearns credit for that, especially being able to sign on someone like Yasmani for a one-year contract. That's unheard of. So, I mean, their strategy paid off. Yep. Um, and then we're going to segue right into the best uh, mid-season acquisition. Um, so what do you guys think? That's tough. I'm going to go with Jordan Lyles um, just because he was so good, although really a big honorable mention to Drew Pomeranz. I mean, the guy was really able to anchor down the bullpen in many ways. And, you know, we had struggled so much with injuries and um, bad performances from Jeffers and other things going, going into the deadline. So Pomeranz gets a lot of props from me at least for being a guy that can anchor that a little bit. He did make one start for the Brewers, but spent most of his time in the bullpen. So um, I'll go with Lyles, but it's only because he was so good. Pomeranz is a very close second for me. Good picks. I'm going to go with Pomeranz just because I think his move to the bullpen really, he really took off with it. I think that's going to be a career changing uh, move for him. And I think that's going to be his long-term role going forward, either with the Brewers or another team that signs him. Yeah, I think those are both absolutely phenomenal picks. Um, I'll come out of left field and say uh, Gio Gonzalez. I think that the team was really reeling when uh, we kind of brought him back and getting him into the starting rotation. Um, I mean, I, at the time, we had so many injuries that we didn't really know who was going to start anymore. So um, he really came and uh, bailed us out before things got too out of hand. So all three great, great um, options, though. All right, let's see. What do we have next? Um, let's do this one. Um, comeback Player of the Year. A couple nominees, I guess. Not many. Hmm. Good question. Comeback Player of the Year. Um, boy. I guess you could say... I'll lead off and go with... Uh, give you guys some time to think or whatnot. I'll just go with Brent Suter. I know that he didn't play yeah. that much, but honestly, I didn't think that he'd pitch at all for the Brewers this year. So the fact that he was throwing a meaningful in, in, in the wild card game, if you would have told me that start season, I would have been like, I'll take that. But I mean, I think the area was the ridiculous. Like Scott, I don't know if your intern's still there, if she's already fired. But anyway, if you want to have her verify this, but I believe the area was like 0.45 in the innings that he did pitch for the Brewers yeah. this year. So. 0.49 in and, 18 and a third. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that is a good pick. Um, yeah. I, I guess, I guess I don't know. I, I maybe would pick uh, Zach Davies and I only say that not because he was injured, but because he was left off the postseason roster last year. So he came back and was obviously a pretty big part of our team in rotation. So I'll, I'll go with Zach Davies, but it's kind of an aberration. That was a good pick. Yeah, I think I think Zach Davies definitely qualifies, and I think that um, um, with a rotation of so many question marks, he really did a great job throughout the year. And the absolutely heart, uh, the absolutely uh, amazing start that he got out to at the beginning of the year uh, was just phenomenal. So yeah, he's definitely uh, a good pick. And let's see, we have one last category. There might be a little bit of debate here. Um, Unsung hero. This this one's always open to a lot of interpretation. So, uh, 
Well, I mean, Brent Suter, I think, was the unsung hero of the clubhouse upon his return. But uh, my pick for that will be um, um, Jordan Lyles, just because, <laughs> I mean, I joked about putting starting him on four days of rest, or, or I mean, three days of rest or whatever, going through the final month. We didn't actually do that, but um, I mean, he was, <laughs> I think, 7-1 and one after his acquisition with a 2.45 ERA or something. And uh, just phenomenal. Like, he he was definitely in the discussion to possibly start our um, one-and-done wild, you know, one-and-done, you know, our elimination game, wild-card game. Um, and he probably would have been the choice if Woodruff wasn't up to speed uh, coming back from injury. So, I mean, just phenomenal. Didn't yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's good. I will go with Brent Suter. Um, I think that he brings a lot to the team besides just what he does on the mound, which uh, was actually quite a bit this, this season when he did get to play with, I think it was just eight or nine games, but he really was great coming out of the bullpen and um, just the, the level of enthusiasm and passion he brings. I know that you can overstate that stuff at times, but um, honestly that team just played better when he was around and not, uh, you know, rehabbing the minors or anything. And just to have the, his, his personality and character on the team, I think was huge. So I'm going to give it to Brent Suter. Yeah, those are definitely um, both pretty good picks. I uh, can't argue with either of those. Um, I don't know. I, like, it's hard. Like, unsung hero, like, is Eric Thames an, an unsung hero? I mean, the guy yeah, finished with 25 home runs um, when Aguiar could not hit his way out of a paper bag at the time, um, despite swinging as hard as he could. It, unfortunately, like uh, – he wanted moving on. And I think that that deal gets done because Eric things really started to heat up. Um, honorable mentions, I guess, to uh, Ben Gamble's somebody that comes to mind. Yeah. And um, maybe Chase Anderson, believe it or not. Um, I mean, for a guy that uh, got left off the, the roster last year, I mean, he finished with a respectable 421 ERA. So he was very average, but, I gave us innings when we needed him, so he was in the bullpen and started, and like he was kind of all over the place. So I'll give him an honorable mention as well. And I think he's a really good uh, person to point out as someone in the Brewers' starting pitching philosophy for the last couple of years. Two years that we made the playoffs, by the way. Instead of having top rotation guys necessarily that you've been signing, they've been having. I'll say depth of these number three type starters. And I think it's, it's hard to really determine, but the, quali- the, the the reason that we have that depth and guys like uh, Davies and um, Chase Anderson allow us to stay competitive and stay afloat to deal with injuries like to Woodruff and other, other people. And uh, I think that's already really paid off. And I think Chase Anderson is a great example of why, why it did is because he, He's not going to, you know, be a world beater by any means, but he's going to put up quality innings, and I think, uh, and he's going to be there to fill in when needed. And I think he did a great job this season. Good pick, Scott. All right. Well, that is all the categories that I have, but I actually wanted to throw out one for uh, bonus baseball, just for fun. Uh, who is the prospect that we might see in 2020 that you're looking forward to? Um, to be honest, I don't know a lot about the Brewers prospects coming up, but I know Craig does. So this one's kind of geared toward 
kind of in his wheelhouse, I hope. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll defer to Craig as well on that. I mean, I went to a couple minor league games uh, this season, but yeah, Craig is definitely the expert on minor league prospects and whatnot. And really, his brother Brandon, uh, who's our minor league expert, should be on the show tonight for that. Well, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> we have to with this news, but um, unfortunately, some of our major league ready type prospects that played this playing years, mainly Corey Ray and um, Zach Brown, um, and I would think those guys have been ready to contribute for next year, and they very well may, uh, but um, there really isn't anyone – that that could be ready to contribute too much that really stands out. Uh, at least I'm sure there could be one or two of my, you know, uh, lesser guys, you know, or someone to come out of nowhere like Grisham, so to speak, um, to contribute. But really, I don't see anyone on the cusp of helping the Brewers next year, unfortunately, like the guys did this year. So, um, yeah, I mean, some of the guys toward the top of our prospect list are still a few years away. Um, like Bryce Trang and um, the guy we drafted last year, I will point out uh, in the first round, Ethan Small did have a pretty good year uh, in limited number of innings, but uh, people are already comparing his, you know, not to overhype it, and, uh, but uh, his delivery style to that of Clayton Kershaw, and he's been able to really have a nice strikeout rate uh, in spite of just kind of mediocre um, fastball. So, I mean, yeah, I think he's definitely someone to watch and to draft him out of college. He could be ready to contribute fairly soon, but I think next year might be pushing it. We might see him in September, which again, could be a shot in the arm. But, um, yeah, I, I would say those are two names to watch. But like I said, not necessarily seeing them contribute much in 2020, but we'll see. What about uh, Trey Supak? Um, I, like, I know he started in the minors in this past year. I'm not super high on him. Um, however, I would also have said the same thing about Adrian Hauser. Uh, going into this year, not super high on him. Don't know what to expect from him. It could be some, some contributions in the bullpen or starter. I think that he could be a surprising type guy like Adrian Hauser, but um, I, I still think he's more suited for the bullpen, even though he was starting last year in the minor leagues. But you know, definitely, as a, since he's a brewer, I'm definitely hopeful. But, uh, yeah, that's definitely a name, name to watch out for. Hey, guys, as a quick aside, uh, I'm not uh, – I know he's not a brewer's prospect anymore, but I'm going to get together with uh, Troy Supak uh, in the next uh, – like two weeks from now. Oh, nice. Awesome. Or, I'm sorry, Troy Stokes. Sorry. Troy Stokes. Not Troy Supak. Yeah, Troy Stokes. Sorry about that. Yep. Oh, that's – it's even better. You lived, out, you lived out here in the D.C. area. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, should be exciting. Um, yeah. I, I guess the only names that I was thinking of that, that came to mind was, like, I think that Corey Ray potentially uh, – he still has a lot of talent. I mean, obviously, uh, last year is another forgettable year. Uh, you could say the same thing about uh, Lucas Ersek. Uh, if we decide to move on from – Travis Shaw, and we can't sign Mike Moustakis or anybody else for that matter. He could see a little bit of playing time. And then Devin Williams, uh, he got a cup of coffee uh, just a couple months ago, right? So, or last month, I guess. So, but yeah, uh, the cupboard's a little bit bare for a while, but what can you do? 
Oh, well. Um, I mean, Corey Ray had a pretty horrific year in the minor leagues, but you can say it was yeah. the same thing a couple of years ago at Trent Grissom. So, yeah, that, I mean, Corey Ray could definitely, he's got the pedigree and that he could break out if he makes the right adjustments or whatnot. Or if somehow the last season was definitely some type of Everest and uh, due to injury and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, he's definitely something that can contribute. And if nothing else, he can up his stock in the minor leagues and make himself valuable uh, as a trade asset, definitely. Well, guys, um, I want to thank everyone. And also I want to say that uh, Tom Carter uh, did a great job also helping come up with some categories and nominations with us. Uh, really, really thank you. We only have 20 seconds left, though, so – uh, Twitter app. Tom, Tom, yep. Tom Carter is our anonymous source. You can't say his name on the air. It's oh, Carter, sorry. Tom C. Tom C or T. Carter. Yep. And um, Brooks Review 1, uh, definitely check it out there. Stay classy, everybody. And go, go Brewers. Go Brewers. Dun, 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 dun.